All right, episode two of season two. All right, everybody, welcome back to season two of the Top DAT podcast. I'm the Uplift Athletic Trainer, Dr. Brandon Holland. And I'm the unapologetic AT. We are here. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. We have a great group uh, today as special guests. But before we do that, we're just going to get into some social media shout outs. So uh, for our social media shout outs. Uh, All right. So we have some shout outs to give to LaSalle University's AT program. Yes. Thanks for the follow. We also have um, Alpharetta Sports Med Program for the follow on IG. Thank you very much. Uh, Rebecca Taylor from Sherwood High School. Uh, Jess Gaburo, please forgive me if I mispronounce your name. Uh, Dr. Coots from Florida International, thank you for following us on IG. Jeremiah Brian from Mercer University. He's an AT student there at Mercer. Ashley White from Indiana State. She's in the DAT program at Indiana State. So more DATs on deck. Thanks for the shout out and following us. And also Katie Brodka from uh, DC Old Glory. Thank you so much for following us on, on social media. Um, I don't know if uh, Dr. V, are you frozen? I, I might be. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Your, your video okay. is frozen, but we're good with it. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was, I was sticking there for a second, but I think I'm good now. <laughs> All, All right. right. So we're going to introduce our very special guests we have today. Today we have part of our secondary school AT podcast. And we have Gary Simpson of Chesapeake High School in Anne Arundel County. Big ups to Anne Arundel County. Yes. He joined MedStar Sports Medicine in 2012. He is currency, currently the head athletic trainer at Chesapeake High School. And prior to this current role within MedStar Health. Gary was the head athletic trainer for the Chesapeake Bayhawks of Major League Lacrosse. Gary works directly with primary care sports medicine physician, Dr. Jeffrey Mayer, as a physician extender at MedStar Harbor Hospital Sports Medicine and Shoulder Surgery in Watt Chapel. Gary earned a bachelor's degree in athletic training from Salisbury University and completed a sports medicine internship at Duke University. In addition, Gary has special interest in golf medicine and the throwing shoulder. Next up, we have Kelsey Langham of Roosevelt High School in Prince George's County. Big ups to Prince George's County. I also live in Prince George's County. Kelsey joined MedStar Sports Medicine in 2017. She's the head athletic trainer at Eleanor Roosevelt High School. And Kelsey is also a physician expender with sports medicine trained orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Um, Steven Sabota, and sports medicine trained internal medicines physician, Dr. Christian Glazer. Kelsey obtained her bachelor's degree in athletic training at Iowa State University. She completed her master's degree in athletic training with a concentration on manual therapy techniques from Illinois State University. Prior to joining MedStar, Kelsey has had a variety of athletic training experience. She was a collegiate athletic trainer at Morgan State University and the University of Maryland. She was also a teaching assistant at Illinois State and an adjunct professor at Morgan State. Kelsey has a special interest in manual therapy techniques, including the Grafton Technique certification. She also has special interest in volleyball, cheerleading, and baseball and softball. Kelsey enjoys cooking, trying new recipes and new cuisines. She loves to travel and go international every other year. Her bucket list is to watch a game in every Major League Baseball park, which is halfway completed. Good job. Kelsey's favorite quote is, I feel not the science guy. Showing my generation right there. Um, Melissa Reed is next on deck. Um, she is the athletic trainer at Northeast High School in Prince George's County. She joined MedStar Sports Medicine in 2012. She is currently the head athletic trainer at Northeast High School in Anne Arundel County. I said PG at first, sorry. She's in Anne Arundel County. Melissa also works side by side with primary care sports medicine physician, 
Um, Dr. Jeffrey Mayer at MedStar Harbor Hospital Sports Medicine and Shoulder Surgery. Melissa earned a bachelor's degree in athletic training from Salisbury University and a graduate degree in exercise science and physical education from McDaniel College. She has roles with the MATA and MAATA. Melissa has a special interest in knee injuries, ACL injury prevention, and concussions. In her spare time, Melissa enjoys spending time with her friends and family, working out, running, or traveling. Awesome. So excited to have you guys on today. Thank you so much for taking your time out to spend some time with Top That Podcast today. Yes, round of applause for our special guest. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. And uh, so we're all in the high school setting now and um, all have collegiate experience. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. It's interesting that, to, to know the differences between the two. So we have uh, what's new in athletic training. What do we have on deck? So um, do you want me to take this one? Yes. Uh, registration for uh, Mid-Atlantic Athletic Trainers Association Conference is live. Okay, so go ahead and sign up. Make sure you uh, get in there and get your housing before it gets booked up and sold out. Um, also, the NATA uh, registration is live. We're back together again this year in Philly. So uh, make sure you register for that. Look forward to meeting and seeing everybody there. Also, probably going to drop an episode or two while we're there. So there's a nugget. Um, look forward to doing some live podcasting there. And um, this month is National Athletic Trainers Month. So if you see an athletic trainer, say thank you. If you are an athletic trainer, I say thank you. Um, we're providing care, uh, to, providing care everywhere. That's our theme. So. Um, we're traditionally thought of as being on the sidelines in very limited roles. But the more you learn, the more surprised you, you'll become that we are everywhere. We're in the military. We're in police departments and fire departments, corporate America. Um, so thank you very much for um, to America for recognizing our potential and, and not keeping us boxed in and allowing us to spread and be utilized everywhere. So um, that's what's new in athletic training this month. Did I miss anything? Uh, no. Awesome. You All right. So keeping up with that theme of providing care everywhere, uh, there's a there was an article that talked about um, the roles of athletic trainers and how we are transitioning during this phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, many of us are back on our feet. Um, a lot of us were still working through the midst of things, whether our roles shift and we had to go and kind of do something different. Um, a lot of the MedStar athletic trainers worked in call centers. Um, a lot of athletic trainers in other settings kind of took on a big role in, you know, allowing their athletes to continue to participate by taking on a big responsibility on top of all of the other responsibilities that we have as athletic trainers and, um, making sure that their athletes, their student athletes and patients were tested and their test results were posted and everyone was kept as safe as possible um, during this uh, unprecedented time. And kind of as we shift back out of this role and into what we are kind of more familiar with as what, you know, what is normal now, um, just kind of thinking about where we've been, you know, what we've been through and, you know, you know what what we're looking like moving forward. So, if anyone has any thoughts on that, go ahead and start. Yeah, Danita, I think the funny thing bit about, about reading this article is that reading it as an athletic trainer, which is you know where where mostly our our professional perspective comes from, it's kind of saying a lot of things that we already knew as athletic trainers and how diverse our skill set was. You know how flexible we are and adaptable we are. Um, professionally. And, and I think it really helped show that, you know, we have a true medical background as opposed to maybe sort of some different backgrounds that people, when they maybe hear the term athletic trainer or, or, you know, maybe they have experience in, in different facets of the, um, of the sports realm, we kind of get sort of pigeonholed um, when people don't have a full understanding of that. So as an athletic trainer reading the article, I find I kind of found myself and I'm sure you guys are the same sort of saying duh a lot. Like, of course we can do all these things. That's right. Cool. But 
Having said that, it was also very, very refreshing, um, even though it took something like the pandemic to kind of expose how great of an asset we can be at any different level, whether it's at a, you know, on a high school football sideline or, and I think this hits really close to home for, for some of the people on this very call as well, because, you know, we got put in a lot of those roles and we got to sort of flex our medical background muscles and kind of show off how adaptable we were. So um, definitely a great article, all, you know, this is, you know, very good press for athletic trainers professionally. Um, And I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on it as well. Absolutely. I definitely kind of, you know, felt the same way. Um, There was, you know, never really any question in my mind. Well, I guess there were a lot of questions surrounding COVID and like where we were going to go, but it was just kind of like, okay, what do we do next? Like, okay, how can, it's just every time we're faced with a problem as a, or a situation with, as an athletic trainer, I feel like a lot of us automatically in our mind just have the ability to pivot and shift and say, okay, well, this isn't working. How can I work through it and make it work? Or how can we just kind of, you know, alter the situation a little bit so either we can get you back to 100% out on the field or where does that, what timeline or what do we need to put in place to get you back there, whether if it's that day or whether if it's we need to make a phone call and get some appointments set up. Athletic trainers, that's what we do. And making random implements out of whatever we have in our kit, that's what we do. So, you know, athletic trainers where we were ready and on deck and ready to do whatever we needed to do to get through the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with Gary. Like I kind of had the same thought process. Um, but now like I'm looking forward, like to the future. It's like, great. We have all of this, you know, social media representation and we have, you know, these news outlets who are now seeing like how great athletic trainers is. And it's like, okay, well now how do we get that press to then correlate to, you know, like our government bills and like the laws surrounding athletic trainers and how can we get that same recognition at the top to then, you know, continue to excel and like push the profession forward and to continue getting that same praise um, and also, you know, be able to enter more wheelhouses with, you know, police and fire. And, you know, Maryland is trying to pass that bill for um, dry needling for athletic training. So it's like, I'm happy that people are telling us how great we are and how pivotal we were in this, you know, pandemic, but like, let's, let's push that forward now, like show us that appreciation. I think, uh, Kelsey, you, you had a beautiful point. That's a really there. good point. Yes. Um, I think uh, now is, I, th- I think, after, in every crisis is born an opportunity, right? And uh, I think Donita nailed it when she said, this is who we are. We pivot when things change. And literally every aspect of what we do as athletic trainers is, is uh, we have to be versatile. You know, if weather changes our schedule, we have no control over it. We run out of supplies or equipment. We have little control over it. You know, every injury is a little bit unique. Every combination of injuries is a little bit unique. So our taping and bracing jobs have to be cut. Everything is customized. Everything we do is customized. So when we encounter a pandemic, we have to customize our approach to returning people safely to the field. And so I think the role we were able to play really um, opened a lot of people's eyes but I think, like Kelsey said, we need to figure out a way now to um, to keep this momentum of awareness uh, and and possibly capitalize on a legislative level um, at a lot of states to, to to really shore up and protect our profession and bolster our profession. So uh, I'm looking forward to see where that goes and um, what I need to do. And I'm actually writing this down now is I need to challenge myself to find some people who can help us uh, push that agenda uh, legislative. We have a lot of people inside of athletic training working for us, but I, I want to find some people outside of athletic training who will go to bat for us in these uh, in these capital buildings. Neat. So, um, shall we proceed to center court? Absolutely. Right. So center court for those who are, who are new to the program is uh, basically our, our main topic forum. So this is where we talk about our, our topic for the day. And um, 
I'll go ahead and get kicked off. So we, we introduced all of our awesome guests and we just want to throw it out there for anyone who wants to answer. Um, we just have a handful of questions. So I'll throw out the first one. And the question is, as an athletic trainer in a secondary school setting, what are some of the ways that you create and maintain healthy boundaries between uh, your work and your life? I think at the secondary school, this is maybe the age old question, right? Like, especially us as athletic trainers, what we had to go through in, you know, our undergraduate programs and then in our master's programs, like when you first graduate, we're we're young and motivated, ready to set the world on fire. Um, And you're used to being there for every minute, right? Like practices, workouts, you know, away games, you're there for everything. And then, you know, for those of us that kind of settled in a little bit at the, at the high school level, there's no possible physical way that you could be for at every possible event for every possible team. So it's kind of the, 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 the tale as old as time for the high school athletic trainer. And what, what I found in my personal experience is that as you sort of grow professionally, you get better at sort of defining where that line sits for you, like in that for balance. And then just, communication is the thing that's helped me the most. I've found that um, the more I kind of open and forward I am about communicating with my athletic administration, the school, the coaches, they're actually kind of rooting for you sometimes. Like, haven't you been here a little bit too much this week? Or maybe you need some time off. I found just kind of making sure they're aware of that and say, look, I've worked, you know, we at the high school, you know, we have this number of games, that's a late game, or we put in this number of hours this week, you know, maybe I won't come in on this one particular Saturday when there's nothing really going on and they're actually like a lot of times they're supportive of you they're like please take the time off please go home you know please get a little balance so um, I certainly struggled with that personally when I you know when I was um, first hired by MedSAR at the high school level but now I found out that you have more you actually make more advocates for you than you do enemies when you kind of just lay it out to them and and give it to them straight so that's helped me a lot personally. Yeah I'm right there with Gary I've um I've instituted the last uh, couple of years of I send my schedule out weekly, um, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning, each coach and AD and assistant AD, they get my schedule. Here's my tentative schedule for the week. And, you know, obviously we know as athletic trainers, things can change at the drop of a hat, um, you know, so obviously everything's subject to change, but I found that has helped big time. I, I'm going to be here from two to seven on this day, you know, two to nine on this day, or, you know, two to an end of a game on this day. And, like Gary said, people respect it and they advocate for us. And, you know, if it's past that time, a lot of them are usually like, Hey, what are you still doing here? You know, get out of here. We're fine. We'll call you if we need you type deal. That's awesome. Yeah. I was pretty lucky. So I, um, I'm the first athletic trainer in Eleanor Roosevelt's history of the school being there. So, um, I, you know, had the experience of being able to create what they know is athletic trainer, what they know is sports medicine. Um, so I was able to set my boundaries from the beginning, um, with all of my coaches and kind of like set that precedent of what an athletic trainer is, does, and this is their schedule. Um, so I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of lucky in that sense where I know like, you know, some other people have had to, you know, work to push for that and, you know, not become that burnt out athletic trainer. Um, so I think I was a little bit blessed where they were just happy to have me and they didn't really care what my work-life balance looked like if it was more life than work or vice versa. That's awesome. Being able to come in and really set the tone for what athletic training is going to be in this building and for this program. That's kind of a neat, that's kind of a neat experience. That's really cool to build the foundation that that's always really awesome. Um, So um, thus far in your career, what, if any, barriers have you faced as an athletic trainer and how did you overcome them? So I think my biggest barrier, um, and going back to what Gary said, was going from the collegiate level to the high school level and feeling like you have to be there at every single moment of every single day. You know, and it probably wasn't a good three or four, maybe five years in to be in at the high school level. And I'm in my 10th year at Northeast. 
um, that it was, we were finally able to separate, you know, job and life and, and figuring it out. And, you know, but you felt like you always had to be there and we had had to be coached through a little bit, probably by Gary sometimes. Um, Gary and I have actually been friends for 14 years, um, went to college together. So um, him and I working, you know, closely together has been pretty awesome. So I got a good advocate for myself right on the other end of the, you know, Pasadena Peninsula over here in Anne Arundel County. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that that's really um, that came up in. Uh, you guys have kind of like the same history that Brandon and I have. Um, Dr. Holland and I have went through all of our education together. <laughs> we started off at Frostburg, and finished up at AT Still, and now he's finished. He's actually finishing his PhD at Concordia. So really, good. It's, it's always great to you know, have someone going on this AT bounce ideas off of and kind of like, you know, when you're having those days, um, like th those are, you know, barriers that I uh, experienced as well, like being able to, you know, call Brandon and talk to him or, or meet up with Brandon and, and like kind of rem reminisce on the old days of, you know, what it was that got us into athletic training. And we kind of just have kept the, each one another going over the years. So that's really cool. I think, Gary, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I was going to just kind of mirror some of that. It's so funny because, you know, answering the first question, I feel so passionately about it because I struggled with it so much early on. That that pretty much was my biggest barrier, like trying to be better about that balance. But some of the other things that maybe you don't get quite as much coaching up on, you know, in, in your athletic training, um, like background and growth is they don't always teach us some of these things like, you know, parents are a huge part of the high school level. And, you right. know, um, where, where we are, you know, we live in a relatively uh, affluent area. So, you know, a lot of these kids don't necessarily not, don't necessarily lean on you for everything like they may at the collegiate setting when you're maybe their only resource. So like, it is not uncommon to say, well, our neighbor or our, you know, our aunt is an orthopedic surgeon or something like that. And so you kind of have to I'm super loyal, big, um, big, I wave the MedStar flag pretty proudly most of the time. So I had to kind of let that go and be like, there's other doctors that are good out there. So I had to coach myself up through that a little bit, dealing with the parents. I, that's another barrier. You know, I was, I was ready. I remember one time, this is kind of embarrassing. I printed out a research article because my whole team thought that these girls needed their ankles shaped. So I was like young, ready to light the world on fire. And I printed out an article about taping versus bracing versus like like low-level physical therapy type rehab stuff and i would venture to say probably 90 percent of those ended up in the recycling bin after i gave them to them they didn't care they just wanted to be taped <laughs> but it was the super mean strict athletic trainer he's so he's such a bully he won't take my daughter's ankle so um i've been much better about that it's the you know the old um catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar type situation for me but um, some of the things you don't always learn in a classroom, you know, as great and as expansive as our education is as medical providers, you know, specifically in the sports medicine realm, some of the things you got to try to figure out on your own. And other than that work-life balance situation, those are the two that kind of really hung me up at first as well. All right. Wow. Thank That's awesome growth, Gary. It's all about growth. And being able to reflect on, you know, where you where you came from and where you are now. That's awesome. Yeah, I think for me, barrier wise um, is kind of centered around passion and advocacy. Um, I think the three of us on here are some of the most passionate people about our profession and like what we do and where we work um, within like our company specifically. Um, but, you know, with that passion and that, you know, fiery drive that we have, like, I think also too, like it can, it can burn you so fast as well. And, and so for me trying to find that fine line of like wanting to advocate for myself, my students, um, you know, my, my kids, my athletes, um, but then, you know, also trying to find that line of, this is beyond my control and I just need to let it go and not let it stress me out. 
Um, and so I think that goes along with what both Gary and Melissa were saying of, you know, just trying to trying to advocate, trying to be passionate, trying to be fiery about what we do and and make those changes, but also needing to learn where that boundary, like that healthy boundary is for us and not let it get to the point where it's stressing us out and, you know, making it an issue for our own mental health. I think you nailed it. Um, and to be quite honest, one of the, the latter things you mentioned is something I still struggle with. 17 years in as a professional is letting go of the things that I can't control. I'm not a control freak. I don't think maybe I am, <laughs> but um, it's frustrating when you see things that are going wrong and you identify them before they go wrong and you don't have the capacity to make changes to prevent it. So you reach out to people who do and they, they don't, they don't see it as high of a priority as you do. Um, so it's, it's, I, I work really hard on reminding myself to just focus on the things that I can manipulate and control and to still point those potential pitfalls out, but don't let it ruin my life and my day uh, when, when they don't address it. And then when things go sideways as a result. So appreciate those answers. So I have a bit of a, uh, go ahead. uh, To ease your concerns about if you're a control freak, no, you're like, Completely the opposite. (laughs) If you look that up in the dictionary, there's a picture of someone who looks nothing like you. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I don't know if, because I really, like, it really bothers me when, when I, when I can't control, it really bothers me when I can't control things that I really want to control. So I say when I'm, I'm not a control freak and that I'll, I'll burn a house down if I can't turn on a light switch or something like that but um i i can't it won't let me be great for for a really long period of time i just it'll consume my thoughts so i'm working on changing that about myself okay growth again yeah i'm I'm growing (laughs) self-awareness yeah um what are what are you what are some of your favorite things about being an athletic trainer Uh, easy for me um it's my kids, hundred percent. My kids, um, these, these kids for me, I mean, now that I've been at Roosevelt for five years, so I've, I've gone through, you know, a full four years have had kids graduate that I started with, um, or I've now have kids that I've been with for four years and it, um, you know, it's what you make it, but these kids have turned, you know, into the light of my life and, you know, have truly become family, Um, you know, like if any of them needed anything, I would go out of my way to, you know, try and if not make that happen by me personally, or trying to find them resources, um, to get them what they need. Um, it's just, yeah, that's the kids. Like they're constantly making me laugh, making me cry. I mean, there's so many emotions surrounding those relationships that you make with them. Um, and even like the entire Roosevelt family, I mean, I'm wearing a shirt. I know you can't see it, but I'm wearing a shirt right now that says ER family. Um, and that's what it, that's what it's become. Um, you know, my coaches are my best friends and, you know, I know that they would have my back and just the same way that I would have theirs. Um, and so that's, that's really what's the best part for me is just having that extended family. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with Kelsey. I mean, the community uh, that I've built myself into at Northeast is next to none. Um, You know, I've families that I've gone through three and four kids with now being there for 10 years and, um, you know, families that I still keep in touch with that don't have kids there anymore. I was walking the dog today, saw two parents whose kids graduated seven years ago, but I still feel like I can, you know, talk to them like it was yesterday. Um, You know, and my husband and I, we also live in the Northeast community now. So, um, we're a little bit more ingrained than we used to be, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, work-life balance, right? right. Um, but it's good. The Northeast community is next to none. And, um, you know, and then the MedStar camaraderie and the coworkers that we are, I think is definitely another, you know, good part about um, the athletic training world. And we have each other to bounce things off of. And, you know, you're not on an island by yourself, which is nice, right? You can always, you can text this person or call this person. And I mean, that goes for the, the physicians and the upper level management as well. Um, you know, our, our physicians in Anne Arundel County, Dr. Mayor and Dr. Marchant have our back 
24-7. I could text them, you know, one of them now about something and they'd get right back to me. And I'm sure Gary can echo that for sure. Going to sound like a broken record, but it's very similar. Like it's that sort of community involvement. And for me, I guess personally, it's sort of that really tight-knit camaraderie that you have with people that you may not really have a close relationship with, like if you weren't an athletic trainer at that school. And then you just have this deeper connection, which all you guys can relate to, to whether it's a, a coach or, a, you know, maybe um, some of your athletes, you know, you get to you get to be with them and with each other in some of your most vulnerable times, right? Like, you know, maybe if a kid like drops a pass or, you know, misses the the what could have been the game winning shot or something like you're it's only like a couple people in the universe that get to be right there with all these athletes you know when they're at their most vulnerable and may or may, or may need you the most and you know for all of those highs and lows you get to experience that um with these people like not even sometimes their own family gets to you know because we get to be right there in the moment on the sideline or just I like to talk about the dumb things are some of my favorite like the dumbest <laughs> things you can think of are the things that get me fired up like riding a bus with a team to an away game. That is so dumb. Why would I do that? But it like, that's how you get involved with your staffs and your athletes at the high school level, something like every once in a while. And like, oh man, this team had a late practice one night and this kid's shooting free throws in the gym until the lights go off. Like, why would I even be there for that? It's so dumb. But here I am like with the kid and you get that deep, um, that kind of deeper understanding of who they are as a person and what kind of makes them tick and stuff like that, which nobody gets except for us. Like, how cool is that? And then a little more selfishly, like professionally, athletic training has kind of opened up doors to different avenues in this area that I could have never thought I would like, I kind of worked hard, but also lucked out a lot in that I got these opportunities professionally through MedStar to explore different things that interest me. That wouldn't have happened without athletic training. So very similar to what you guys say. I think we all love our communities and our communities love us. And how great is that, that, you know, they understand us and what we provide to them and how loyal they are. That's awesome. Yes, indeed. Um, so um, we, we talked about your, your favorite parts and we asked this question to the last group that we interviewed and it's kind of, I'm just going to give you a heads up right away that it's going to be tough to top it. Because <laughs> we, we talked about our favorite our, our favorite things, but then we asked about our most memorable moments as athletic trainers, and it was super interesting because, including Donita and myself and the guests on the panel last week, everybody had a um, an experience where a person lost a finger. Every single one of us. <laughs> so we were talking about our most memorable moments. So. Uh, how would you describe or could you could you tell us your most memorable moment uh, serving as an athletic trainer at your at your setting? I mean, I definitely have those like, yeah, catastrophic injuries that I could talk about, but I wouldn't say that they're the most memorable for me. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely injuries that I will never forget. Um, but I think my most memorable moment um Gosh, I mean, there, there's a lot, but I think the one that kind of like tops it for me is um, my girls basketball team at Roosevelt won states a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so, you know, we're on the court celebrating. Um, they just given the girls their medals and their trophy. Um, and I'm standing there, you know, just kind of like fangirling, you know, like one of the team moms taking pictures of the girls and the coaches with their trophies. And my, my girls were like, Miss Kelsey, no, get in the picture. Like, you should be over here with us. Like, what are you doing? Like, come here. And like, that to me was like the moment that solidified that not only like what I did for them and that team that year, just like being able to push them through. Um, obviously, you know, it, it impacted them as well enough that they wanted me to be in those photos um, but then to say it out loud, you know, for everyone to, you know, to hear, um, and just to include me in that moment, um, I think was extremely special. And that's kind of like what really solidified it for me is that, okay, like I am a part of this family. I am a part of this community and they want me to be, it's not, it's not just me wanting to be, it's that they want me to be as well. So I think, I think for right now, that's going to be my most memorable 
That is cool. So I think, uh, unfortunately, mine will have to be an injury, um, you know, um, but I believe it was six years ago, maybe um, we had a girl soccer player with a femur fracture. Holy smokes. Um, still, still to this day, um, neither her nor I can tell you how exactly that happened, what the actual mechanism of injury was. Um, but the memory of um, 45 minutes on my knees of, stabilizing this young lady's leg um and you know with her mother and her father right next to me and the ambulance and you know emts trying to figure out are we going to airlift this kid to hopkins or shock trauma or are we going to take her in the ambulance what's going to go on here um but i would say it's the most memorable moment for me because to this day i am still very close with that family and that student athlete, as well as um, that student athlete's sister. Her father is now um, one of the coaches at Northeast. Um, so they are around all the time. They actually live right down the street from where we are um, now. So it's all kind of comes full circle, even though it started as a, you know, what, what was a terrible injury for her and ended up um, resulting in five to six years of surgeries after the fact. And she is just now as of November, perfectly okay. Uh, this past November of 2021, um, it turned into a, a fantastic relationship and, um, you know, finally a good outcome for her after years and years of, of pain and not being able to do all the things that she wanted to do. Um, but yeah, that I would say that would be my most memorable moment, even though it was a bad thing turned into a good thing. Awesome. So funny as I was, as you were asking the question earlier, I was thinking if you polled, you know, a million athletic trainers, the answers are probably all going to be the same. It's going to be either team wins, big game or terrible injury that, you know, had a positive outcome. And that's just so funny because mine aren't that different either. Um, had a lot, we've all had teams that have been like really good and we've all seen nasty injuries. But um, for me, the one that sticks out the most was my first school that I worked with my first year on the job. Um, I had a girls, uh, girls basketball player who went into cardiac arrest during a game right in front of me. And that was a little scary because, you know, I was super young and, um, we all kind of go through some things where we have doubts early on in our career. And it was just very funny. I remember very vividly going from like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do to like, all right, it's go time. Like very quickly, like. I like to call that like your athletic trainer switch. Uh, um, one of our uh, certifieds at Salisbury used to call it our, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but our oh shit switch. Like you got to know when to go and you got to know when to do it at the right time. So that one sticks out a lot for me. And then I had a cool experience working a golf tournament where we actually got to play the same golf tournament as the top 50 golfers in the world. That's an avenue that I would never be able to afford that course ever in my life. So that was a cool little perk that I had on a lighter note. Cool. And I just want to add in, want to add into Gary's, um, that girl did make it solely because of, of Gary Simpson. So big shout out to that guy right there. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Very awesome. And our, um, our, our, I don't want to cut you off. Our, our previous, um, slogans for national athletic trainers month, uh, included, um, athletic trainers save lives. So that's a real thing. So, Shout out to you, Gary, and congratulations on um, having a wherewithal to perform under such a high-pressure situation. And um, I'm glad it was you that was there to help that young lady out. Thank you. I think we also came up with a name for this episode. Um, so it's either Can You Top That or The Shizzle Switch. <laughs> um, which, which one do you guys We'll take a vote on that at the end, yes. The, <laughs> As, can you top that or the shizzle switch? Those are those are two very uh <laughs> Yeah, we definitely gotta take a poll on that one. I'm, I could go either way with the with the yeah. name. All right, so let's go ahead and take it away with uh so we've talked about various aspects of athletic training, where we've been and, and where we're headed. So what are your key takeaways that you've gained from your career and your experiences thus far? 
I would say for me, especially um, still being somewhat younger in this profession um, is that your first job may suck. Your second job may suck. Even your third job might not be great. Um, So I think for me is the biggest thing is like, don't give up. Like there is that community out there who wants you and who's going to appreciate you. Um, there is, you know, that job that is going to, you know, show their appreciation for you as well. Um, and so just, you know, especially if you are a young athletic trainer, or even if you've been in the profession for years and you're still not happy with where you're at professionally, um, don't give up because there are people out there who, who do want you um, and are, who are, who are going to use you appropriately as well. Um, so I think that's my biggest takeaway is, keep looking, keep looking. Don't just leave the profession because you're unhappy. Like there are, there are other ways. So. I would just say that work-life balance is to me is the most important thing. We all know burnout and athletic training is real. So finding that work-life balance is, is a key to your success as a human being and as an athletic trainer. Um, you know, grind when you have to and take time off when you have to, you know, be there for the things that you have to be there for, but make sure that you're not there for, you know, the things that, you know, like you can't control and, and just make the best out of it at all times. I think those are really good points and and certainly things that I've taken away with me since my, um, start in the profession, but, um, very similar to both of those, I think is even though we work for a larger healthcare system and our primary role is our individual high schools that takes up, you know, probably the most amount of time in our role with MedStar Sports Medicine, I think it's really find what you do like and what you're passionate. You mentioned all three of our um, different passions and things that we have an affinity for. Find, use those roles and, and like carve out, you know, a little niche for yourself. Because even though I have a high school and Melissa has a high school and Kelsey has a high school, there are certain things that we do in our other professional realms at, at MedStar that we kind of are behind the scenes and we all have things that we like and, and use those interests and those passions to redefine sort of your role and kind of insert yourself into something that you feel like isn't as much work for you because you enjoy it so much. And there's, there's different roles that can be had. You don't have to just go to your high school and go home. If you're a, if you're a secondary school athletic trainer, there are some other things that you can get involved in, you know, especially with a, a system that um, can afford as many opportunities as ours, which is nice. Just similar to what Kelsey said, kind of explore some of those different avenues until you find something where, you know, that sticks and, and, and doesn't feel quite as much like work to you. Those are very awesome points. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, that, that, that's, um, those are really big points. So don't give up, take care of you and take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. Those are fantastic. Awesome. So we're home. <laughs> Another <laughs> episode in, in the books. Uh, if you all are on social media and people want to find you and look you up, if you'd like to share, how can they find you on, on the Instagrams and the Twitters? And do we still call it Facebook or is it officially meta now? I feel like it doesn't matter because only old people like me are on Facebook slash meta. So <laughs> everyone's migrated to TikTok and Instagram and I'm, I'm all by myself on Facebook. But uh, if you want to share, how can people find you on social media? I don't have the TikToks or the Instagrams or a large social media presence. So you'll have to find me in person, probably at a Maryland game or something. I dig it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Not a huge social media presence. Um, I do have a Northeast ATC Twitter account, but there's not much, hasn't been much use there in the last two years. Maybe I'll use this as an excuse to get back into that. Well, there you go. Oh, man, I feel like such a millennial now. Um, (laughs) I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have my professional Twitter is um, at E-R-O-O-S-A-T-C. So um, a lot of my kids follow me on there um, and my coaches. So we we have good times, mostly educational. Um, I made it during the pandemic to try and like 
keep up with them and give them an avenue um, to be able to still communicate with me when we were kind of kaput um, in person. Um, And then I have my Instagram as well, um, more for personal use, but of late since the start of March 1st, um, has been very much advocating for National Athletic Training Month. Um, so you can find me at K-L-H-I-E-B-2-9. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So um, what cool things do we have coming up, Dr. V? Um, we have some a couple more episodes featuring the awesome athletic trainers and awesome opportunities within MedStar um, for athletic trainers. A couple more episodes on that. We're going to feature our college athletic trainers next and then our community liaisons after that. So we also have some surprise episodes dropping as well in support of NATM on top of these awesome MedStar athletic training uh, series we have going on. So stay tuned for that as well. Awesome. I can't wait. I want to let the cat out of the bag, but I won't. Um, The episode, this was a great episode. All of our episodes have been so much fun so far. And um, I'm really looking forward to the ones we have coming up. And I really enjoyed the one today. Thank you so much. How about another round of applause for all of our, our guests? Thank you so much for joining us. We had a blast and we have to do it again. Um, maybe if we connect um, yeah, at a conference or something, awesome. we got to have you guys. And um, we're, we're going to have some cool merch to send to you pretty soon as well. So we'll get your uh, your T-shirt sizes offline and um, make sure that you get some cool swag. So uh, did I forget anything? You yeah, know, so I always had to ask. No, just look forward to some more annoying emails from me asking for T-shirt sizes <laughs> and all that stuff. So. <laughs> All right. So until next time, I'm the Uplift Athletic Trainer, Dr. Brandon Holland, reminding you that the difference between a good day and a bad day is your outlook. Change your attitude, change your life. And I am the unapologetic AT. And I want you to know that you're doing this all for nothing if you don't stand up for something. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to having you back for another episode as listeners. Please share. Uh, all of our stuff like and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at the underscore top under dat and on instagram i'm sorry on linkedin at top dash dat and the number one that's top dash that one thank you how much fun was that (laughs) you guys are awesome and engaging you guys nailed it like you guys missed your calling i think <laughs> Gary Navy. <laughs> no, I've never been short of words, that's for sure. And <laughs> it's it's so refreshing to me because I'm also in the secondary setting and Donita's uh spent a lot of time in the secondary setting. Her role has changed a little bit now. But um we are always in a place where we're the only ones, so we don't have colleagues like sitting next to us where we can really talk shop um while we're in the in the mix, you know. So it's really fun to get together with athletic trainers and just talk about our experiences. And I think some of our listeners get some of that too. It's like, wow, I'm not the only one who has experienced that or it's not weird that I had that crazy thought. So again, thank you so much for, for, uh, for being part of the podcast. And um, this episode is going to drop on Tuesday at midnight. So Tuesday morning. And, um, and um, I feel like I messed up some people's names, Kelsey. I had notes when I was reading, I was like, oh, I had written a note to make sure I asked you which name, last name you went by or like how you wanted me to say that. So um, just tell me now and we we can fix it. I'll clean that up for you. So it's, no, it's not it's all just Jessica. Jesse Langham. Um, okay. But it gets, it, ugh, yeah. I got hired under my maiden name, got married, and it just it threw everything off. So, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Just all right. Jesse Langham. <laughs> we'll fix that. And Melissa, did I say your last name right? Yeah, read. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, all right. So, Kelsey, I'll fix that for you. <laughs> all right, but thanks again. You guys are amazing. That was a blast. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, yeah, why don't we do this guys. while I'm, I'm uh, John, what are your t shirt sizes? Oh, uh, XL for me, please. Okay.
Large for me, please. Okay. Yep, same. Large. Okie dokie. All right. And I, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm really in favor of the shizzle switch as the title. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Didn't have the old uh, the oh shit switch. <laughs> we de- definitely have it, and um, I have an oh shit bag. My crash cart with all my splints in it is uh, yes, I call it, it. That's the same thing. That counts. I call it my oh shit bag, and um, yep. <laughs> so, all right, so are we gonna F- go with shizzle the switch? O, the o, oh, oh shizzle switch. Yep. yep. <laughs> like it. And it's uh, it's family friendly ish. Yes. <laughs> I'm, this will be my first ever and probably my last ever podcast appearance, I would imagine. And I already have one beat that you're going to censor in there. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's, take long. it's not a good ratio for me. Uh, no, you're off to a great start. <laughs> I'm on another podcast and there's a whole lot. Of- you have to put the like explicit content warning on label on there now. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about that. I don't know. But, um, hmm. It's only one curse word. <laughs> And shoot, our our kids see and hear much more than that, so I won't. You know, I'm not going to bother with it. Yeah, my student athletes were the ones who gave me permission to cuss. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, Miss Valentine, you can say the f bomb. Mm. They they're like, how come you don't uh, now? Like, if they those those ones from back now, they'd be like, oh, Miss V, you've changed. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right, guys. All well, right. Thanks for so, taking the time out of our your busy days to hang out with us. So I'll see you guys around soon. Thank you. All right, All right guys. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. Take care. All right, B. That went well. They all... I thought we were only going to have one person. They all showed up. Yeah. I'm still. All right. I am. Um... I just finished, stopped the video recording. Oh, let me stop the...